here in the room that we didn't have a chance to finish the message, and I, I believe that God just kind of pressed pause for a moment, and here we are back together this morning, and I'd like to continue. We were talking about the power of new beginnings, and um, if you were to look in 2 Kings chapter 4, Scripture gives us the, the setting and the insight as to what's happening. There's a widow woman and her husband who are alone in their home, and it comes to pass, the Bible says that it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem. Shunem was a place that means to quiet. The indication is to rest. There, there are seasons when we all uh, have got to find ourselves in a place of rest. And it seems that Elisha had this norm in his life because the scripture says that on his way to Shunem, there was a woman, a, gr- a great woman. And it says that she constrains, constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as off as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. It says at one point in her, this uh, regular routine that had become a part of their lives, she says to her husband, she said, behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God which passeth by us continually. I'd just like to remind somebody that God's not finished working even though it seems sometimes like not much has changed. And sometimes when we are in the middle of circumstances and situations and, and I, as much as I hate the phrase, the new norm, the last two, two years have created a different normal than we are used to. But there is something that happens when we continue to do the work. I, I fondly look back over the last few years as frustrated as it's, as it's been trying to negotiate different rules and regulations and changing scripts that come by us day to day. I would say that I'm so uh, encouraged by the nature of the people of God who have just kind of rolled with it and continued to give God the glory. They have continued to give God praise. They have continued to gather together. For the most part, we've got everybody still on board. I'm thanking God for that. We've got some brand new people that are coming on board just simply because we continue. There's something powerful about continuing. And the scripture tells us that Elisha passed by continually. But just because God's coming into our midst and God's come, coming near to us and, and ministry is, is the opportunity that comes near us continually, it doesn't mean that we have the opportunity to receive unless we are intentional about what we want to get from God. I don't know about you, but, but, but we want to be intentional about opening our lives up for whatever God has in store. And, and talked a little bit on Friday night about the power of new beginnings is that we get to shed the old and step into something brand new. We, we, we have the privilege, we have almost the right and the responsibility to be released from some things that were holding us back because we crossed the threshold into a brand new year. We stepped into a brand new potential. We're looking at a brand new future. We, we give ourselves the liberty of being released of the things that were holding us back and we're going into the things that are before us we're walking into something brand new but but just because we continue as we were doesn't mean that we always get what we need just because we continue as we were doesn't mean we get what we need sometimes we've got to make a little room for what God has in store and and that's the power of something new you know in scripture we'll find that Jesus has has this idea that that people should reach for him and that sh- that people should draw him nearer that he has an intention for us he he's god is a gentleman he's a perfect gentleman jesus the scripture says stands at the door and what does he do 
He knocks. Jesus stands and he knocks because he's not going to barge his way in. He waits for the invitation to come. He waits for the invitation to draw near. That's, that's why I love old songs that say, draw me nearer, 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 precious Lord. Because there's something in our spirit about getting close to God. And, and sometimes it's about us drawing near to him. But then there's other times when we say, God, I need you to draw near to me. I need you to come into this circumstance. I need you to come into this situation. I need you to come into my home, my life. Sometimes we invite God to come near. And we see it in scripture. Bartimaeus called for him to come near. It says that Jesus came through Jericho, but Zacchaeus got up in a tree. He was passing through, but through Jericho, but Zacchaeus, he got up in the tree because he had an intention just to get near to Christ. Even the disciples who were in the middle of a storm, it said that Jesus saw them toiling and rowing for the wind was contrary. In the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and he would have passed them by. That seems so strange because in our minds, why would Jesus see them on the storm, go out for a walk, and then he would have passed them by. I think there's a lesson in the, in the scripture right there that God says, you, you, sometimes you need to call me nearer. Sometimes you need to invite me a little closer. And, and he would have continued on his way. Someone say continued. He would have continued on his way, but they called him closer. And when you call Jesus closer in the middle of your storm, something's going to happen. The storm is going to be still. The miracle is going to occur. And, and, and it just surprises me that he would have passed them by. He saw them in the need. He saw their circumstance, but he was still waiting for something from them. He, he's the perfect gentleman, even in the middle of your storm. So I don't know where somebody is right now in their situation. I, I don't know where somebody is in their circumstance, but I wonder wherever you are right now, if you just lift a hand and say, God, we need you. We invite you to come nearer right now. We invite you to come into the storm that's raging in our lives. We invite you to come into the middle of this pandemic that's packed us right now we're inviting you God I, I'm joining my voice with many others that say step on the bow of our boat and calm the storm God we're asking you if anybody is waiting if you're just waiting for someone to invite you consider the invitation given we're inviting you to come in the middle of our storm he would have passed them by and this woman, this Shunammite she could have been content with the connection she could have been content with the uh, coffee and donuts she could have been content with that she may have been happy with the fellowship that she had she she may have been grateful that Elisha took the time to stop by but there was something craving in her spirit for more and I sense that I feel it in the room this morning I I, I feel it flow among the people of God when we're together there is a hunger for something more this year. There's a depth that God is, is sounding in the deep of the supernatural and we are hearing it and we're saying God if deep is calling unto deep then we're willing to go deeper. God if there's a, if there's a call to come higher then we're willing to go higher. There is, there is something in the supernatural realm because we can't afford just to go about life as usual. We can't afford just to continue on. There is something in the supernatural that's crying out for more and I'm, I've got a little word from God for us today that says if we'll make room for more then God will do more if we'll make room for God to do something in our lives and he is willing to do what we're asking him to do 
She wasn't content with the connection. She wasn't content with Sunday service as usual. She wasn't content with just prayer at 7 p.m. on Friday night. She wasn't content with Wednesday night service, 7 p.m. sharp. She wasn't content with that. She said, you know, this has got to go a little deeper. I, I need this to go a little bit deeper. And it said that she spoke with her husband. She said, let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall. Let, let's, let's go up higher. We may not be able to go out, but we can go up. And, and I, I'm just, why don't we just make a little chamber? Let's, let's do something new. We're, we've become accustomed to what's been happening. And the man of God, we already know that he's continually coming by. But, but I want to make room for more. I don't know where you are right now if you're in your house, but I wonder if you would just take a look around and say, God, this is all because of what you've done in my life, but I'm going to make room for more. I don't know where you are. I don't know how many people are around you right now, but, but I wish someone would just say to themselves and say to their family, we're making room for more. Somewhere in your spirit, something has to resonate with this little lady that said, I, I, just, I think we just got to extend. I think we got to expand. I, let's just make a little chamber. I pray thee on the wall and let us set for him there. He said, she said, we're going to make room for this continual passing by. We're going to make room. We're going to, we're going to expand the territory we're we're going to extend ourselves a little bit this may cost us something but but let's just make a little chamber and we're gonna we're gonna prepare for the supernatural to occur we're gonna prepare for what God wants to do in our lives we're we're gonna prepare for what God wants to do in our families I feel the Holy Ghost right now and I wish someone would say we're gonna prepare for it we're gonna get ready for it we we can't do without the next level we can't do without the new that God wants to do in our lives we can't do without it we're going to make room for more she made room I, I I love I love the projects and I love the preparation for projects but I've never yet got in I, I am an optimist and I'm thankful for that because if if I knew what I know by the end of projects I never would have started any of them So thank God I go in thinking, well, this should only be a few weeks. And then when it turns into a few months, oh my. And it's just diligence that causes you to complete. And, but sometimes we, we I, I love the, the prospect of projects. I, I love planning it out. I love the idea about well, getting a piece of paper out. I, I do. I, I, and I've got a wife like this Shunammite woman that says, why don't we make a little chamber here? Let what about this wall? Does it, is it load-bearing? You, you can't take them all out. I'm just telling you right now. You can't take them all out. You've got to leave some there. The roof won't, won't stay up in these snowstorms. Let's make a little chamber. So I, I get excited with the next person about the prospect of, of projects. But, but I also know that there's a cost involved in extending and expanding. But somehow... Both this woman, this widow, or not widow woman, this barren woman and her husband had made their mind up. They were going to pay whatever it cost to make room for the supernatural to be in their midst. And I know we're in the season of fasting right now. And whatever fast you've chosen, we are grateful for it. We're thankful for the time that you set aside, the three weeks that you have kind of prepared for God to do something. Thank you for that because it costs something. Thank you for 
not only your tithes and offerings, that's what we give back to God that's rightfully his, but the offerings are those, those parts of our finances that we say, God, we're, we're going to go beyond the requirement. We're going to go beyond what's just kind of required of us. We're going to go to the next level. We're going to make room. Thank you for that. Thank you for your giving that allows us to do what God has called us to do. We're grateful for that. But thank you for making room in the supernatural for God to do something. This fasting and prayer season, it's about making a chamber in our lives for God to do something more. She said, I pray thee, I pray thee, let's, let's set him there a bed. And let's set in there a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be that when he comes to us, that he shall turn in thither. She was grateful for the connection that they had. But she said, I want to make room for more. I want to make room for not just uh, an acquaintance. I, I want to make room for more than just the connection that comes. I, I want to create a place of residence. I want, to, I want to create a place where the man of God can come. And he doesn't just kind of, when he's, when he's finished the coffee and he, he's put down the double-double that he, he feels like he's got to get up and go. I want, to, I want to make room for him so that when he comes with us, he has the liberty of staying if he's so like. I, I, I want to create a room, and, and maybe a chair would have been enough for some because that, that, that kind of puts enough limitation on the thing. A chair and a table would kind of be a lot for some people. That, that would kind of indicate that, um, you know, we'll make, we'll make a spot here for you. We got a chair at the table for you. And for some people, that's enough. For some people, they'd say, well, you know, that's as far as I want to go with this limitation. But but this woman and her husband said, we're going to make room. We're not just going to make a chair and a table. And then when nightfall comes, he's got to go. We're going to put a, a, a candle in there. We're, we're going to create a space that even if it gets a little dark on the outside, I want him to be comfortable enough that he can say, you know, I feel like staying just a little bit longer, even though the night season has come upon us. I, I want to create a space and an environment that in the night season, there's time and there's room for him to stay with us. And, and then they say, well, why are we limiting ourselves? to that I I think that we should go to the next level and let's prepare a place for him to rest that if he wants to spend more than just one day he's got a chamber that he can go to and he can he can lay down and he can spend the night and and we're not going to put a, a restriction on this we're not going to put a hesitation on this we're we're wanting him to know that this is a spot for him to come because we're making room for the supernatural in our midst and if you'll remember, Elijah wasn't, or Elisha wasn't just a, a, a single element of the supernatural. He was a double portion element of the supernatural. Maybe she understood the miracles that Elijah had done, but she knew that there was a double portion mantle that was resting on this man of God. And so she said, I'm making room for the double portion mantle that's on this man in our lives. If we've heard about the miracles that Elijah has done, then I'm making room for a double portion of what's been accomplished in our past, in our present, and in our future. I'm making room for it in our lives. And, and I referred a little bit on Friday night to the old paths that have brought us here. Grateful for them. We need them. It's a necessity in our lives. 
We wouldn't be where we were if it wasn't for some of the gray-haired seniors that are amongst us. We love you. We're grateful for you. But can I just encourage this generation? Can I encourage Jack Lehman's generation? Can I encourage the Gen Xers and the Gen Yers? Can I encourage the millennials? Can I encourage the generation that's coming up that we need to make room for what's happened in our past? But that... That lends way and makes way for a double portion anointing for our generation. We need a double portion of what C.B. Dudley had. We need a double portion of what came in our past. I'm grateful for the roads that got us here. But God's saying it's time to move the borders back. We talked about it. Pick up the tent pegs and pull them out because I've got more in store. It's time for a double portion anointing mentality to come in our midst. It's time for us to say, God, I'm I'm opening up to the supernatural. I'm opening up for more. We need, if there ever was a world that needs a double portion anointing on the church, it's our world in 2022. We need a double portion anointing. So I don't know. I don't know what it's going to cost to make room for that, but I'm encouraging somebody make room and don't just stop with the chair. Don't just stop with the table. Don't just stop with the lamp. Come on, somebody put a, put a, a bed in, in your spiritual mindset to say, God, I'm making a habitation for your dwelling. I'm making a place for you to come amongst us. It, come on, the, the greater the praise, the greater the habitation. I, I want our homes to become full of the praise of God. I, if you're in an apartment building, it may be all right sometime. I, we used to live in an apartment building. Cameron Road, Ross A. New Brunswick, and sometimes if we got a little bit boisterous, we hear this from the ceiling. When we heard someone on the side wall do a little, we knew we were getting a little too loud, getting a little too boisterous, so we had to simmer it down. We had to settle it down. I, I don't know. I, I don't know where you are, but I wish that you would create enough praise that maybe sometimes someone says, hey, can you, can you pair it back a little bit? Can you, can you tone it down a little bit? I, you may have your own dwelling, but, but when you get a little bit of prayer wheel turning, there ought to be something that's happening. We're making room. We're making, a, come on, we're making a habitation for the Holy One to come amongst us. We're making room for God's presence and His power, not just in this place, not just in this sanctuary. In one way, I'm a little glad you're in your own homes right now but I wish somebody would make room for God to show up I know they've already asked us for a single household bubble but it's got room for God it's got room for his presence it's got room for his power and if you make room for him the Holy Ghost can come the anointing can come the healing can come the miracle can come if you'll make room for the supernatural I'm making room anybody else making room this morning You get, come on, you get for what you reach out for. And she was in a place of desperation. Sometimes people don't understand that passion that we have. They don't understand that we're willing to do what what it takes and pay what it costs. They don't always understand it, but I'm encouraging someone today. Make room for God. She said, let us make a, a little chamber, a room, a place. We're going into that personal spiritual building project we're going into that place where we're making room for God in our midst there was the room that they prepared and then there was that chair that we mentioned 
We need to make a throne room for God. Your room can become a throne room. And I, I, I just like to draw that connection between the chair and the throne for God in our lives. We need to be willing to pray like God challenges us to. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. God, in our lives, make a throne. God, a throne that we're not going to sit on. Not our kingdom. A throne, not a, not a throne where we determine the input and the output of our lives. But, God, when your kingdom comes in our lives, greatness moves amongst us. We still have to learn that lesson. The reason he asked us to pray it every day, it wasn't just a New Year's prayer. It was a prayer that we pray every day is because our kingdom constantly wants to rise. But we've got to have a reminder in our lives that we need to make room for the throne of God. Thy kingdom come. And I'll remind you that God's kingdom is contrary to your kingdom. God's kingdom costs you something. It costs you a place of sacrifice. It costs you giving up your will, your desire. The kingdom of God costs you something. But it also pays better than any kingdom you could ever create. The blessing and the benefit, we just sang about it to our children and our children's children. The blessing that rests in homes that say, God, your kingdom is welcome in our lives can never be compared to. It's an eternal kingdom. The table represents fellowship with God. The psalmist said it like this, thou preparest a table before me. In the presence of mine enemies, thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. It's a place of fellowship with God. It's interesting to me that Jesus, the day before his death, creates an opportunity for fellowship with his disciples. And the Last Supper becomes a place of connection. It wasn't just rumination. It wasn't just eating. It was a place of revelation. It was where he, he let Judas know that he knew what was going to happen. It was a place where he challenged his disciples about what was coming. It was a place where he connected with them, the table. The table is a powerful place in your life. And you've got to make room for God. You've got to build something. You've got to, you've got to build something new in your life so God's table of fellowship can come amongst you. And, and, you know, we are a part of a group of ministers. We call it the fellowship, the fellowship of the United Pentecostal Church. And I'm grateful to be a part of that fellowship. But if you'll think with me, the table that Jesus invited his disciples to was full of different people. People that weren't, they weren't all cookie cutter individuals. There was some that were self effacing and there were some that were self-proclaiming there were some there that were unknown for the most part there were others that worked behind the scenes very diligently but here's what's interesting to me is that they were all invited around the table and sometimes we we have this idea about who who we we get to pick the the very people that that we want to can I just tell you the church has many people at the table and the, the blessing and the benefit is that, is that we have the privilege of all joining together in this fellowship that God has called us to around the table. 
The table is a powerful place because what you may not know about your brother or what you may not know about your sister is something that's been formed in them by God for a, a specific season and a specific time and a specific place that I, I'm grateful for individuals that God raises up amongst us and sometimes they just kind of come out of the woodwork. I, I remember Pastor Matt Woodward, the I, I didn't even hardly know that Matt played drums. I knew that he had a drum set that he kind of thumped away on down at his house. And I, I knew that sometimes he'd come to the church and he'd kind of play around. But he had never really played in a service. He, he kind of just showed up one year at youth convention, slipped on the drums and started just a hidden talent that we didn't really know about there. I, I remember when Pastor Mike Hennessy, I remember Ryan saying, well, I... I'm not the only one in my family that can sing. Pastor Mike used to play the drums, and that's kind of where we had him. He said, you know, my, my brother can sing. <laughs> then he kind of pulled him out and put a microphone in his hand. You're like, what? We didn't know that Emily Hennessy was a puppeteer. <laughs> I think that's the right word. <laughs> New words with Jack. I didn't know that I was a walking... Dictionary, no. I don't know. Like we, they're just kind of all kinds of people sometimes. That and, and we're talking about places in ministry where people are profiled. There's all kinds of people in the pews that are students of the word that we don't know about. There are people in our pews that you may walk by them and not even realize it, but they are a prayer warrior. That they are people that you, you don't even know, but there is something powerful that happens in that place of consecration, in that place of intercession that we may never know about until we get through heavenly portals. There are people that we've never even met that support our church family, part of our online audience. There are, there are people that pray for us daily. They, they drop us lines and notes and they let us know, hey, we're praying about. There are some of the most faithful people, some of the most powerful students that I've ever met are people are, I haven't, that I've never met are out there as a part of our church family encouraging us and cheering us on and, and celebrating the wins and, and fighting with us through the challenges. There's some of those people and, and we, need, we need a table of fellowship where everybody has the opportunity to come around. God prepares a table like that, but we've got to make room for it. We've got to set our opinions aside, and we've got to set aside our prejudices, prejudices, and we've got to set aside some things that would separate us. God says, come around the table. The table will cost you your personal preference, but it's a powerful place to sit at. It's a place of revelation. It's a place of authority. It's a place that God's prepared for us, so make room for it. Coming back to the music this morning. A lamp, there's the light. Scripture said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. In the context of that verse, it's speaking about the Feast of Tabernacles. One of the ceremonies in that feast was the illumination of the temple. At the end of the first day of the feast, the priests and the Levites went down to the court of women, and there were four enormous candlesticks that were set up in the courtyard. Some commentators say they were 75 feet tall and young men of priestly descent would uh, place ladders against these can candelabras and they would climb to the top and they would, pour, uh, they would pour seven and a half gallons of pure oil into those candelabras and they would light them. And that would create light in that entire courtyard, not just in the courtyard, but the light would begin to shine through all of Jerusalem. And as the night got darker, the light got brighter and that city became illuminated. No LED lights. 
the candlesticks would burn and become bright. I was reading through and just, you know, I'd known that and I was just going through and this caught my attention. It said that the priests and the Levites used their their old, old, own, worn out robes for wicks and the candles were lit. And uh, I stopped when I read that and I thought to myself, 2020 and 2021 wore my robe out. Someone tap your neighbor and say, my robe's worn out. My robe. COVID wore my robe out. But it's interesting to me that they would cut their robes into strips and they would become the wicks that they would put down into the oil. And then they would light them. And that would become light. In the midst of everything that's happening, we may as well just let the enemy know. We're going to shine brighter than we've ever shone before. Come on, we're, we may be a little bit worn out. There may be parts of us that have been challenged. I'll just use that word. But God's, God's plan isn't for us to be finished. It's for us to light the night. Make room for the light in the room that God's challenging you to create in your home today. That light would emanate from those candelabras and they would the courtyard would be lit and all of Jerusalem would just glisten in the midst of that darkened night and it was a reminder of when God led them by a pillar of fire in the middle of a night season I am so thankful for the pillar of fire I'm grateful for the pillar of cloud that shows up in, in the daytime and but in daytime, we've got a lot of vision. We can see clearly. We, we can see all right. We, we can see okay. We, we, we can look on and we say, well, that's, I can see all right. But when we get to that night season, and it's a difficult road that we're walking, I'm grateful for the pillar of fire that shows up. And you notice that if, if you've ever been in the night season and there's something bright, you, 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 you can't really see very well around you, but you can see the fire extremely well. The fire, sometimes God has to diminish our vision for everything that would distract around us so we can see clearly where we're going. And and that's one of the benefits and the blessings of the night season is that we don't have distraction. We're just focused on the direction that God has given us. And that's why we can't afford to have services, even this one. We can't afford to have services without the Holy Ghost fire showing up. We need direction like we've never needed it before. We need light in the room. That's why I'm I'm praying wherever you are. I feel your prayers right now, but wherever you are, would you just kind of make room and say, God, God, I'm making room for the fire to fall in our homes. I'm making room for the pillar of fire to become a part of our daily activity. God, give us direction. God, give our pastors focus and give our pastors a word. Give our pastors, God, give them the, uh, the knowledge and the revelation to understand what's happening. Give us a sign in the season that we need. Give us fire. Let it fall. We need the fire in this season. In this night season, I, we, CCC and the greater church abroad, we need the pillar of fire. We need the light. We need it. And finally, the cot represented that place of rest. The world, pastor preached a powerful message and we're going to play it again tonight. Just how the enemy would seek to wear out the saints of the Most High. 
the world, its regulations, its restrictions, its differences of opinion, the professionals that are arguing amongst us. If you get if you get caught up in all that, the enemy will wear you out. That's part of his duty, responsibility, and mode of operation in this end time is to wear out the saints of the Most High. But there's a place in God that we can go to. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He may have wore our robes out, but there's something powerful moving in the supernatural. Our spirits, come on, we can find rest in the midst of a people of unrest. I feel it here this morning, and I'm trusting that you sense it wherever you are right now. I'm wondering if you just kind of begin to quietly and focus in prayer. And I'm asking for some people to say, God, I'm making room for you to minister in our home. I'm making room in our, in our family for you to minister. I'm, I'm making room in our lives for you to minister in our finances, in our future. I'm making room for you. Your, your, your personal space shouldn't push God out. It should invite God in. Our homes, our homes are are a powerful place. They're one of the few places that, that we still control. We still have the right to determine what happens in our own homes. We have the, the right to let God be God and the enemy a liar. We have, that's our right. That's our home. We get to declare God as God. And, and someone, you got to just go to the doorposts of your home and paint the blood on the doorpost and say, I'm covering my family with the blood of Christ. I'm covering my family. This is my home. I'm making room. This, this, this room, I'm setting it aside. I'm consecrating it. I'm dedicating it. I, I'm, I'm commissioning it to God's kingdom purpose. I'm making room. I'm making, making room for the Holy Ghost to have his way. I'm making room for the gifts of the Spirit to operate. I'm making room for the enemy to be pushed out and for God to be moved in. I'm making room. I'm making room. And when, and when they did, when that couple made room for what, what they felt like God wanted to do, it says that it fell on a day that when Elisha came thither, he turned into the chamber, the very place that they had created. And he lay there. He didn't just, you know, thank God she had that place for him to rest. Thank God she didn't. Has, has anyone else ever tried sleeping in a chair before? Not very, not very comfortable. I can't do it. I, I just got to get horizontal. I'd, I'd prefer the floor to a chair. Can't, can't sleep very well. But it says that he came in and he turned into the chamber and he lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. He said, say now unto her, behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What has be done for thee? Wouldst thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And, and she answered and said, I dwell among mine own people. And he said, what then is to be done for her? And so it's Gehazi that has the little flash of revelation. And he says, verily she hath no child. And her husband's old. He puts the pieces together. And so Elijah calls and he calls her and she stands in the door and he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaiden. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elijah had said unto her according to the time of her life. And in that moment, she had the revelation, the understanding that she had to move out her old mentality. And she had to move into a new mentality. 
She had to move out her old limitations and she moved into a place of revelation for what God was going to do. She had to move out the old ideas so she could make room for what God was going to do in their lives. We quoted the verse from Leviticus. It said, ye shall eat the old store and bring forth the old because of the new. Sometimes, sometimes the old got us here, but we've got to set it aside because God is doing something new. New King James says, ye shall eat the old harvest and clear out the old because of the new. And I will set my tabernacle among you. And I will walk among you and will be your God and ye shall be my people. When we move out some of the old mentalities, some of the old restrictions, some of our old, come on, strongholds that are in our spirit, God says you're making room for the miraculous. The barren births the baby. The room is created. And I'm believing, we mentioned it Friday evening, the altars won't be empty. I'm believing in 22, the baptismal won't be still. I'm believing that the aisles won't be quiet. I'm believing that the church house will be full and we're declaring it in the name of Jesus. Come on, someone just begin to move into that prophetic realm with us today that we're making that declaration. God's going to move. God's going to work. It's going to be a quick work. It's going to be an end time work, but that promise is coming in this day. I am declaring it. We are receiving it. We are making room for it in our lives. Come on someone just say it's mine I'm I'm receiving it I'm making room for it this, this, this 21 day prayer and fasting isn't just something that we're going to quit it's something that we're going to continue because if we continue in prayer then we're making room for the supernatural to come it's just continually passing by I tell you what happens when what 21 days is all about 21 days isn't just so we can start something to stop it 21 days is so we can start something to continue it because if we continue it then God God is going to continue in the supernatural. We're making room. We're saying, God, we're making room for some things in 22 because we need the pillar of fire. We need the rest of God to come on his people. We need the power of God to be demonstrated in our midst. And if we continue, if we continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, if we continue in prayer, if we continue in fasting, if we continue, we're making room. God, we're extending the 10 pegs. God, we're making it bigger than we first intended. It was just going to be 21 days, but I'm, I'm extending it. I'm making it a little bit more because I need more of God in my midst. I need the power of God amongst us. I need it in my family. Come on, make a declaration in your home where you are right now. God, we're making room. We're making room. We're making room. <laughs> Wherever you are, come on. Gather the family. Someone put your knees on the carpet for a moment and say, God, I'm making room. God, we're changing some things. We're 
God, we're creating a place for devotions. We're, we're creating a space for you to minister and to move. If, come on. Wow, we were here. I was here early Friday morning, and there were people before I got to service. I don't know if you're, you're local or not, but I'll just tell you, it's cold around here. It's like minus 20, and people were showing up so they could go skating before. They shut down the gyms and the rinks, and they were there early in the morning. I could hear the pucks bouncing off the boards because they're that committed. to. If they can be that committed to that, what could God do with people that were committed to him moving in our midst? I'm making room. I, I'm going to set the alarm clock a little earlier in the morning because I'm making room. I, I, I'm going to take a little time before I get to bed at night because I'm making room. I'm pushing away from the table because I'm making room. I'm calling on God to come here. God, come nigh. Come into this dwelling. Come into this home. Come into this family. We won't be quiet, God. We want you. We need you. We're inviting you. We're calling you. We're making, we're making room. It was, I'm close with this. It was, a song we sang in Bible college. I called Pastor Woodward on, on Friday evening because I couldn't remember the words. And he said, I can't remember those words. I said, you wrote it. You, you wrote the verse. And he's, he's like, Jack, you have an amazing memory. And I'm like, I'm amazed by what I forget usually. But I think I got it. I think I got it for the most part. It was a song. And I said the, the lyrics a little bit, and Ryan had echoed with him on Friday evening. It's, I got a feeling everything is going to be all right. And the verse went something like this. is that perhaps your heart is troubled as we look across this land. Evil sin and wickedness enslave the hearts of man. Sometimes the task at hand seems so great we fear to start. And Satan's opposition causes trembling in our heart. But let me give a message to the devil here tonight. We may be in the battle, but we won't give up the fight. Christ is our commander, and he's never lost a war. So rise up and sing, all ye servants of the Lord. I've got a feeling everything is going to be all right. I still got that feeling. I got that feeling about what God's going to do in 22. I'll tell you why. Everything's going to be all right. It's part of his plan. Church, if we'll make room for God to move, we, we come on, we can step over this next two weeks, no problem at all. I'll tell you what we're doing. We're just making a little room. Take a little rest. Take a little time to set some time aside to get close to God. And when we get back together, let's not have that distance. Come on, we're coming around the table of fellowship and God's going to do the miraculous. We're making room room for what God wants to do. The babies are going to be birthed. The altar is not going to be barren. The baptismal tank is going to overflow. Why? Because we've made room for the supernatural. The declaration is coming in the Holy Ghost. Get ready because about this time next year, get ready because this isn't the end all be all. Get ready because this isn't the way it's always going to look. I've got a plan. I've got a future. I've got a revival. I've got a church. God is working. I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. I've got that feeling. Wherever you are, would you just kind of lift your hands for a moment and let that be your declaration. God, we're declaring. We're declaring that co-workers are coming to Christ. God, we're declaring that family members are coming back into the fold. God, we're declaring the miraculous to move in our midst. God, we're declaring your promises are yea and amen. God, we're declaring. We're declaring it. We're declaring it. 
We're declaring it. We're making room for it. We're getting ready to close, but would you just gather folks together around you? We're going to pray and ask that God would minister and move and cover. We're going to pray that God would continue what he's begun in this new year. The power of something new is that you you have the right to go into building construction in the supernatural. The power of something new is that you can say, you know, it's time to it's time we make a little room here. We're going to make room for God. It's the power of something new. God, right now, we're praying for courage. Every believer, God, every person that's joined with us in the present, people that will join with us, with us in the next few hours, few days, few weeks, few years. We don't know. But God, we're declaring your promise today. It's not our word. It's yours. God, we're stepping out on that promise of revelation. We're stepping out on that promise of understanding that you're not finished with us yet. God, this is, not, this is not the way we see it end in Scripture. God, there is a promise yet to be received, and we are going to be a part of it. God, we stand in it. We receive it. We commit to it. God, we'll sacrifice for it. We'll pay the cost. We'll do what, whatever we can, God, to be your hands, your kingdom. Let it come in our lives. God, let your light so shine. Let this little hill in Marysville become so bright that the city can't ignore it. Let, God, every apostolic teaching and preaching church in our community come into a revelation and an understanding. Let there be a hunger for more. God, we're praying, blow the doors off of what people's mentality is. Let our restrictions, God, there's a reason she went to the roof because it may be limited on four, uh, on four sides, but there was no cap to it. There was an opportunity for you to do boundless and endless work. God, that's what we're praying. Don't let us restrict what you want to do. God, accomplish your purpose in us and through us, we pray. Our city needs you. Our province needs you. Our world needs you. Let our light shine, we ask. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. What a prayer.